Kia ora, I'm Damien Venuto, it's November 2nd and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. In 16 years, the value of KiwiSafe has hit a staggering $96.2 billion. While that sizable nest egg is good news for savers longer term, recent KiwiSaver balances have made for some tough viewing. In the last three months, the total value of KiwiSafe has slipped by $1.3 billion as many funds book negative returns. Global instability, a tough equity market and volatility in international stock prices have all placed downward pressure on fund balances. So why are these funds struggling so much? Which are the worst performers? And should Kiwis change their investment strategy amid all the current uncertainty? Today, on the front page, Madison Reedy, NZ Herald business journalist and host of Markets with Madison, offers insight into the KiwiSaver market. Madison, you've reported this week on the best and worst performing KiwiSaver funds. Who's on top and who's struggling at the moment? Well, all of them are struggling. So this was for the September quarter. This is data from Morningstar. They basically capture all of the data across the entire KiwiSaver ecosystem. Really incredible in-depth data shows you who's up, who's down. But every single multi-sector fund was down. The returns were negative for that three-month period by between negative 1% and as much as about negative 5%. Obviously, the better end of that scale was the more conservative fund, so they had a bit more fixed income to sort of buffer equity losses in there, and then there was the more aggressive funds which had those larger losses. Interestingly, compared to the previous quarter, it was all up. And some of those aggressive funds, they had, you know, double-digit positive returns. So this really speaks to how volatile returns can be depending on aggressiveness or conservativeness. Uh, So it was interesting to see that. When they looked at the specific funds that were doing best and worst, SmartShares, just general ETF, was doing the best, as one would imagine, in that environment. But one of the ones that was doing the worst was a clean energy fund. So when those funds are performing badly, they're normally called on to explain that. So what was their rationale for performing poorly in this market? Yeah, I love this question, Damien, because when I put this article together, I actually thought, you know what, I'm just going to let the data speak for itself. The numbers show who's up, who's down. So I didn't actually call on them necessarily to explain. But it all comes back to that idea of volatility, right? So within that article, I really explained how the more aggressive funds and more volatile will have bigger shifts and returns, probably some periods of negative returns which is what we saw this time. So I didn't actually put an explanation of these exact funds and the asset allocations in that article, nor call on the fund managers to please explain. But when I put the article out, I actually heard from one of them. So this is Colonel Wealth, and they are the fund manager of this clean energy fund. They came to me saying, look, it is a thematic fund. It has a risk indicator of seven, which means absolutely high volatility, especially when you compare it to that SmartShares ETF growth fund, which was one of the ones that actually had a positive return. And they said their clean energy fund is kind of 100% equities in the global clean energy space. So it's entirely weighted to equity assets. So that absolutely makes it more volatile. And the market environment that we're in right now is crazy. You know, we've had conflicts break out this year. Oil prices have been all over the place. So there's a lot to watch and a lot of volatility in the environment anyway. So if you price all of that into how these funds are going, it's all going to play its part. When big geopolitical issues take place, uh, markets respond and markets have absolutely responded in the last quarter. And effectively what that means is that your average uh, Kiwi's KiwiSaver balance has uh, reduced across the board around a couple of billion dollars. But, you know, there is no need to panic. There are going to be lots of shocks and it's to be expected. 
One thing that I have noticed over the last year is that those aggressive funds are really the ones that are being hit the hardest by that volatility. So what's the message here to Kiwi? Should they be shifting from those aggressive funds to conservative funds or should they be taking a longer term view? I'm not allowed to give advice, but Morningstar would say absolutely do not switch. Because if you look over the longer term performance of KiwiSaver, if you look out over the past 10 years, aggressive funds are still absolutely giving investors a much higher return compared to default conservative, more balanced funds. So obviously, if you have that time to be in KiwiSaver, then you should be weighted towards more riskier assets because the data proves that it so does pay off in the long run. And a lot of fund managers point to this mistake that was made at the beginning of COVID, right? When markets just absolutely lost it, they went down by so much and all of these investors, especially KiwiSaver investors, freaked out because they looked at their balances and went, oh my gosh, my money has just been control-alt-deleted, I need to protect it. So everyone moved into these what we call cash funds, which are those less risky funds, they have more cash fixed income assets that don't provide as much of a return longer term, but they do protect some downside. But what it did is it effectively made those investors lock in their losses. So everyone's pointing to that as you shouldn't have done that. That was something that absolutely cost you growth. And if those same investors stayed in those aggressive high growth funds, then they would have seen all of that technology surge that we've seen on US markets over the past year. The Magnificent Seven with Meta, NVIDIA, those tech stocks absolutely going off. So anybody who moved out of that then missed out when things started looking good again. While we did have the slip in September, the KiwiSaver industry is big business right now. It was valued at $96.2 billion. How extraordinary is that figure? I mean, it's eye-watering, right? I mean, that amount of money that exists in an industry that didn't exist about, what, 15 years ago? So just to kind of make that money up out of nowhere is pretty amazing. I think what we probably should be really proud of as investors, as Kiwi savers, is that we've actually put that money aside. You know, good on us. We've put that money aside towards our futures. And also employers are putting money into it as well. So the scheme has absolutely proved itself. There's obviously people that will argue that it should be bigger, that mandatory savings and, you know, opting in should be forced upon people. There's that argument. And I would probably say that the functions of KiwiSaver are still far from perfect. But we should be really proud of the amount of money that we've put into it. It's also quite funny that it's kind of allowed this industry that wouldn't have otherwise existed. I mean, there's all of these fund managers that we now have. Um, I'm not going to name any of them because they might not like being named, but there's all of these companies with all of these fund managers and investors working inside them that wouldn't have existed without KiwiSaver. So it's a pretty incredible industry that was birthed, you know, out of basically a government policy. And it's future-proofing life for New Zealanders, essentially. Exactly, exactly. And what I really love to think is that it actually might be encouraging people to invest outside of that. We hear all the time that, you know, just putting 3% of your income away is not enough. I mean, I've heard figures like 10% minimum should be what you've been putting aside. In Australia, I think 12.5% is mandatory. So we're still very far off investing and saving enough for our futures. But I really do like that it is encouraging people to at least get into it, to at least think about it, which is really positive. The front page is the NZ Herald Daily News Show. For business podcasts, check out the NZ Herald and Business Desk podcast networks on iHeartRadio. As we're approaching that $100 billion figure, are there any concerns about how big it could become, or is the concern really that it's not big enough? This is absolutely a concern for the entire industry, and I like to call this the squeeze that is coming for the KiwiSaver industry. So now that it's nearing $100 billion, it has to stand on its own. 
So it's kind of just had growth for growth's sake, where everyone's just been putting money in as more people join the workforce, more people have signed up to it, more people have, you know, put their own money and voluntary payments towards it. But now it's kind of maxed out. This is kind of as big as it's going to get. Some people will leave the workforce and take it with them, spend it on houses. Some more people will come in as they join the workforce. So net-net, it probably won't change much from here. It probably should get a little bit bigger, but not by much. So I think this is the real pressure that's on the industry right now. They're going, we're not just getting more popular and we're not just getting more money coming to us for absolutely no reason. We've got to fight it out and our returns really have to stand on their own and we've got to prove why we should be the ones to look after people's money. What changes have we seen across that KiwiSaver management industry over the last year? Roughly how many funds do we have at the moment? And are we seeing any consolidation as that competition ramps up? Oh, I couldn't put a number on how many we've got, but we definitely have too many. I can tell you that. So we've already started to see some consolidation. So interestingly, the top five providers, ANZ, ASB, Fisher Funds, and gosh, I think BT and maybe Milford, those top five KiwiSaver providers, they own 68% of all assets under KiwiSaver. So it's really staggered to those top five who hold sort of most of the cards in the KiwiSaver game. All of the ones underneath that, whether or not they will or won't survive, they're probably going to struggle more than those bigger ones, right? And we've even seen consolidation in that bigger side of the coin. So Fisher Funds is now the second largest KiwiSaver provider. That's after it acquired KiwiWealth. So that's now pushed ASB down to third. ANZ is still number one. It still has, you know, more than 20% of the market in its hands alone. But definitely we're seeing some consolidation and it's Morningstar's view that there will probably be more of that And if there's not more of that, then some may fail to survive. Madison, given that we have this concern in the banking industry that there isn't enough competition, if we do have a great deal of consolidation in the coming years, wouldn't that undermine the level of competition that we have in KiwiSaver and then lead to higher service charges for those funds? It could do, absolutely. You know, if there's less competition, then, you know, they can probably push their fees up. But promisingly, we haven't actually seen that. And we've actually seen fees come down, especially on the aggressive funds. So as more people have actually encouragingly moved into those more aggressive funds to earn more returns longer term, there's actually been pressure on those fees. So it actually has been really optimistic and promising to see that those fund managers have seen where the money's been going and they've said, okay, if more people are moving here, even though these types of aggressive funds are more costly because we have more fund managers working more actively, it's active investment management, we are actually seeing enough people here that are putting their money here so we can afford to pay back our fees. Also, do not be worried because the regulators always have their eyes on fees when it comes to fund management. Should we be worried at all about some of those smaller providers falling over? Is our money safe, even if it is with one of these smaller providers? Oh, that's a great question. And it actually is something that, that I thought when I was speaking to Morningstar about this, because I thought, are KiwiSaver fund managers like banks? You know, we don't have an insurance scheme for banks at the moment. So if you do have deposits in a bank, and it goes under, you know, they're probably not going to make good on those payments unless the government steps in to help and saves a bank, right? I have no idea what's going to happen to the KiwiSaver fund management industry. It's absolutely probably a big question for this government. And there's consistently conversations about whether or not the functions of KiwiSaver are correct or fit for purpose or not. And I think now that this is a topic of conversation about whether or not there will be consistent survival for KiwiSaver fund managers, we probably should start thinking about, is our money safe? 
I've always said that I'm open to a conversation about higher contributions because ultimately it will lead to Kiwis being better off. But I think you've got to make sure you pick your timing right for that. You've got to do that at, a, at the right point in the economic cycle. Right at the moment when people are struggling with the cost of living, increasing their KiwiSaver contributions isn't necessarily going to ease any of that financial pressure that those families are facing. The last government made some big changes to KiwiSaver, especially when it came to changing the default providers and pushing people away from those conservative funds to ensure that their earnings over the course of their working life was as much as possible. What impact has that had? So that change where basically made default fund providers rather than conservative push them into balanced. And if you look at, again, though, that 10-year return, balanced absolutely outperforms conservative funds. So while that change probably hasn't been in place for long enough for us to really get a good lens at how much more money people have made or saved over that time, in the long run, based on the data that we do have to date, balanced funds are doing better. So you would expect that people have made more out of their investments after that change. But it came in pretty late. So it's probably something that they could have made earlier and then we probably would have made more money and made better investment returns for a longer period of time. But hey, at least we did it. Madison, are there any policies that we should be keeping an eye on that could affect our KiwiSaver earnings? Well, I'd probably say the big one under this new coalition, whatever it's going to look like, government, would be that potential increase in the retirement age from 65 up to 67. So I don't know if that would actually mean that you couldn't touch your KiwiSaver until you're 67. I believe you could possibly still access it at 65 based on their policies. But that is certainly one to watch because even if, you know, you can still access it at 65, if people are going to stay in the workforce until 67, they may not touch it. So that is, you know, two more years worth of investment returns, perhaps another two years earlier on in your life that you can stay in a more aggressive fund before moving it down to something more conservative the sooner you want to draw it out. So it definitely probably could lead to high returns for people the longer they keep their money in. So it's all about that longer term view. You can't really look at your balance on a daily basis and then cringe at at the losses that you're seeing right now. Exactly, Damien. I don't think I've checked mine for probably about a year. I think I checked it in COVID and kind of winced and just thought, I'm not going to move it. I'm not going to do anything to it and I'm not going to look at it. So I probably haven't looked at it since then. But fund managers absolutely love this quote. And I don't know who it came from, some probably big time investor, but It's all about time in the market, not timing the market. So absolutely, the longer you're in it, compound interest will be your friend over the long term. So absolutely keep your money in for as long as you can. Thanks for joining us, Madison. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson and edited by Paddy Fox with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. Subscribe to The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Then tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.